been a week a little bit more than a week look at this i'm so excited i'm back did you notice we started late again Woohoo! <laughs> melanie says to me yesterday you know by the way maria when you're not there we start on time okay you guys don't see what's happening here i'm maria mariano 40 years you know february is my 40th year celebration I was promoted as a director in 1983. I was only 18 years old, Melanie. Can you imagine, Marie-Pierre, 18, 40 years, whoa! Anyways, I'm really, 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 really excited. Many, many things, okay? As we work together as a community, uh, we can see more clearly. Um, I really understand where we're going now, and I know that this year will be a incredible legendary year so if you're part of our multi-level marketing business i'm telling you we're going to be seeing numbers we have never seen before in the history of this company and i know why melanie are you ready i know why because our company is intergenerational living like i had the revelation as i was preparing the podcast this morning because you're gonna laugh okay i come Still from old-fashioned intergenerational living, okay? I was looking a little bit at what I missed out. And uh, they talked about the upward spiral last Thursday. And obviously, thank you for being part of this podcast because we are intentional about growing ourselves, educating ourselves. And I was telling Melanie, um, yes, people don't read books anymore, but being part of a podcast, like you're choosing to be part of a podcast, is a form of developing ourselves to spiral up, that upward spiral. Of course, if we could read a book a week. Oh my God. Oh my God. And in fact, Marie-Pierre, if you can deposit that TikTok on the group, um, The Millionaire of the Diamonds. But I want you to share quickly the TikTok you shared with us yesterday, but then go listen to it on the, on the Facebook group, The Millionaires of the Diamond, which is a bilingual group. So if you see something in French, don't be turned off, keep scrolling. And if some, some of our French people see something in English, don't be turned off. It's an intergenerational Facebook page. There you go, Melanie. <laughs> the TikTok was about the percentage of people reading books but what is really impressive it's at the end of the TikTok they he tell us about the percentage of people that read um one book a month if you read one book a month you are now part of that one percent higher paid uh, uh, in the world if you read one book a month and if you read one book a week 
now absolutely you are the most educated most uh, higher paid in your field so it's really fun to see all those percentage of people that read or don't read so it's really uh, something that you need to listen to i will drop it after the podcast yeah and i was looking at this marie pierre melanie i was saying well for me i'm going to talk for me so thursdays and fridays it's the book of stephen covey on wednesday it's the book of um, awaken the giant and don't forget you guys on the podcast you know maybe it not it might not be reading the entire book but honestly between me and you there's a difference between reading a book and reading a book and applying the book it's two different things when it comes to personal development books and then on monday we do leadership uh, shift with Maxwell, and then those of us that are part of the conditioning, we do The Millionaire Mind. So that's four books in about roughly four months that we will have covered. And what I love about the way we do it in our multi-level marketing business, it's with intentionality, where there's exercises, where we, we discuss about it, where it's very a slow motion effect, but my God, do we use lots of what we read in helping ourselves to, again, spiral up? Learn, commit, and do. Learn, commit, and do. Oh, learn, commit, and do. I got to translate that in French later on. So we'll, we'll figure it out in French, okay? Uh, and then the inside out. So I'm coming back from vacationing with Mohammed. And, you know, Melanie and I, we really laughed when we read... Um, Stephen Covey's approach, you know, he's in Hawaii and everything. And I agree with you, Melanie. Like, no, we don't have two hours discussion with Mohammed. And if we do, it's, it's about business. It's about where I see my business, where he sees his real estate. But the rest of the hoopla, like, I'll be very honest with you. I, I'm not lovey-dovey. Like, we don't even do St. Valentine's and Roses. I don't know about you guys. Anybody do St. Valentine's and Roses? Probably your second marriage. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is we are a team for 35 years. So anyways, so I was laughing with that. But one thing I did want to bring you is that vacationing together is a great way to get away from the hustle and bustle and just do both things you love together. So example, I kept doing my 2080 meets in the morning while Mohammed was hustling on his side until 10 a.m. doing other things or just sleeping. And that's what I love being on vacation with him. So no, it's not exactly the way he spoke about it, but together we find each other because we're two, you know, very ambitious people. We're two um, goal, goal seekers. Both of us were like, you know, we're both driven. So we find each other vacating. So I really, 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 really wish upon everyone to regularly vacation. Like, I don't know about you, Melanie Miller, but I'm sure you're excited to go to Portugal with Alan, you know, while he does his thing, you do your thing. This is what my reality looks like. And then today, the intergenerational living, I said, oh, my God, that is so my family. Mohammed comes from a family of 22 brothers and sister. He's Muslim. He has two mothers, his birth mother and the second wife that his dad married. Yes, they all lived in the same house. That's another story in itself. I could tell you a whole big, you know, podcast on that alone, actually a month's worth of podcast, but that's another, another story. So when I visit Algeria, you have to understand they, they have this huge home at any, any given time. There's at least 75 people in that home. 
Now, all of you used to living alone, like Melanie Miller, she would freak out in that house. I mean, she would not be able to handle it. I do. I come from much smaller family, but the same type of family that doesn't mind their business. So when I read this chapter, I laughed because I'll give you an example. My son was caught at 12 years old stealing, um, you know, on cars, that, that, that little um, screw that allows the air not to get out of the tire or, you know, somehow prevents it. Okay, so I don't know what was happening when he was 12. They were stealing these little capsules on cars and he ended up taking them off a Porsche. That Porsche was parked in a parking lot of a reception hall. That reception hall belongs to my cousin Alfonso. Alfonso is watching by the window and sees this boy with a hoodie taking off his caps off the car, off the, off the wheels of his Porsche. Runs outside, grabs a kid by the, the, the neck, you know, the hoodie, only to find out that it's his nephew. It's my son. Wow. Guess what happens? My uncle is there. I show up. My brother shows up. My sister shows up. My father shows up. Uh, my cousin Maria shows up. Like the whole, you understand, Melanie, the whole family is there. Ask me if my son ever took anything again. You see, this is the power of intergenerational living where, you know, everybody is involved. We say it takes a village to raise a kid. But I know that as we covered this, you know, my friend Melanie is not quite the same thing. So just before I leave it off to her, I'm going to give you other examples. At a certain point, I had issues with my daughter, Nadia. The only one that can resonate with my daughter, Nadia, was my sister, Patty. So I never got involved. It was them. Another example, having grandparents from one background and grandparents from the Italian background allowed my family to be less judgmental, less um, racist. You understand? Because they, they bring this bigger side of life. Look at us. We come from all different aspects of the world. And yet we're able to function together. Actually, we're better together. Now that we, we, we tomorrow we complete the book. <laughs> I'm going to cry, Melanie Miller. I love this book, okay? Uh, we're a little bit um, nervous and excited for next week. If you don't have the book, it's still time to get on Amazon. You get it delivered right away. Emotional Intelligence. Uh, Marie-Pierre will, will drop it on the Facebook group get it. If not, just follow the podcast. Anyways, you'll get the exercises. So for me, reading this chapter was like, oh, I love it. It's such a privilege to be living intergenerational, uh, intergenerationally, whatever. Okay. But Melanie Miller will bring you the other side, which I believe, especially with COVID, okay, especially with COVID, things have changed, even my, my family. I would be lying to you if I tell you we continued our suppers every Saturday night. I haven't sat down to have supper with my dad in two years. Remember, we're all about inter intergenerational living. I've seen my in-laws twice. So it's divided a lot of people. So I really, go, I really appreciate the way Melanie's going to bring it. Because even for me, Melanie, prior to COVID, you know, this was really our family. But now I think COVID has changed a lot of things. So explaining it in a more realistic manner, here's my friend, Dr. Melanie Miller.
Open your mic, or only me, yeah, maybe, yes. I can't hear you. Hello. It was me. It was me. Okay. And we Go started ahead. to uh, look at this uh, section, and having read the section last week with uh, Marie-Pierre, I'm like, well, this is some sort of nirvana that the, this... Uh, these people are talking about this is like paradise where you go when everything's perfect right you have a two-hour conversation with your partner every single day about deeper meaningful things who does that and you have an intergenerational family where everybody gets on and they act as a village and like who are they kidding like for me it's like I don't know whether that happens. I would love for it to happen. And what I can say is I actually can see it happening more now than ever before. But the reality of life is this. Um, it's not only that we don't have intergenerational families, we don't even have nucleus families anymore. Uh, after I had spoken to uh, Maria and Marie-Pierre last night, I looked up st some statistics. And what I found is that in 20... And 1.83, right? That is about, um, I was looking at the, I, I can't remember the percentage, but in the US, 25% of families in 2020 were single parent families. Okay. So, you know, the idea of intergenerational is fantastic, but let's get the nucleus family on track as well. And, uh, and, and I said to myself, you know, what factors could make a difference? So, um, you know, immigration is something that a lot of people do. I'm an immigrant. I've emigrated twice in my life. I emigrated from England to Australia and Australia to Canada. And in the process of emigration, basically what you're doing, nobody emigrates if they have a fantastic life in the country they're in that they think can't get any better, right? And so when people emigrate, they make a decision to leave the life they have in search of a better one or of different opportunities. And I'm not saying that Alan and I had a terrible life in England, not at all. But what we saw was a bigger opportunity for our children to uh, live outside more in Australia, to have a different life to what we had in England. And, and certainly there was no question in our minds that we couldn't do it because of our parents. That, that like did not factor into the conversation. It was, we are going for a better life. And then when we moved from Australia to Canada, we did it because we, get, we wanted to open our children's minds to another opportunity, a French opportunity, you know, to, to be able to speak two languages. So the decisions that we made to emigrate, and I know even you know, the, the Syrians, the people who are leaving their countries are doing it to find a better life. And in the process, the intergenerational thing is, is, is not happening because they are often leaving families behind. So, um, you know, what happens, though, in that situation is 
in in Australia, when Alan and I had our children, we knew that we needed some sort of intergenerational activity. Our children had no grandparents, they had no aunts and uncles, so we adopted them. We got surrogate grandparents. We found friends whose parents were desperate for them to have kids and they weren't ready yet. We said, hey, be grandparents to our kids. And so, you know, we actually built an intergenerational idea without even realizing what it was you know, saying that our children need to react to older people and have the wisdom of, of older people as well. Um, and then, you know, when we moved from Australia to Canada, well, you know what? When you have little kids, babies, toddlers, it's super easy to get people to help you. It's super easy to invite people in because everybody loves a baby. Everybody loves toddlers. By the time we moved to Canada, we had no friends, we had no contacts whatsoever. But you know what happened? The nucleus family got really, really strong. So there was no intergenerational uh, opportunities for us in Canada because we, we didn't know anybody. We knew nobody at all. And I was saying to Maria yesterday that I'm very conscious of that fact. And so when I hear about a family that's moved into the area that, um, you know, uh, is from Australia or the UK and they've got little kids, I'm the first one on their doorstep saying, hi, I'm just down the street. If ever you need a, 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 a person that you can rely on, I'm the person, right? Because I know that having intergenerational support is amazing. And what I also know, because I read this yesterday, is the biggest increase in household changes in the world at the moment is the increase in intergenerational families. And it is going up and up, not because everybody knows it's a good idea, but because economics is forcing it to happen. You know, I know that if I said to, to uh, Susie and Brandon, they and I said to them, look, why don't we get a place in the country? Dad and I will live in the house. You guys can have a flat next to us. We'll, we'll live together, but not together. They would say, yes, let's do it tomorrow. Because for them to survive at the moment is financially really difficult. So I believe that intergenerational families is maybe a thing of the future because many, I know in Australia, there are many, many houses now that have additions for the parents because nobody can afford to have separate uh, situations. So um, I, I know that intergenerational is really important. You either have it or you make it, you find people to interact with. And as Maria said, going on holiday is one of the best ways. And that is why we are planning a trip to Australia at the end of the year for not just Alan and me, but for our three children and their partners, because we want the opportunity to build those strong bonds. So that is my take on intergenerational. So uh, over to Mary Pierre, who I. What what makes it? Over to you, Mary Pierre. <laughs> yeah. 
thank you, Melanie. And just before I start uh, with uh, uh, those uh, how-to, <laughs> I want to make sure that everyone share the podcast this morning. So if you are on Podbean, please share so it gives you heart. So at the end of the month, you will have more chance in the draw for the conditioning program. And on Facebook, please share because it really helps us to be more visible and to grow our community that always level up. And we have that big vision of building a thousand millionaire and it's with your help every day when you share that we can achieve it. So thank you for sharing. So yes, it's all really sound great. We want to build that <laughs> inter intergenerational living. So yes, how we can do it, you can do it by family ritual. So maybe now you're not the... Uh, close with your parents, grandparents, with your kids. So ritual can really create something special and to create those um, strong bonds uh, between the family members. So some tips to create your fun ritual. So make sure that, yes, you make regular meaningful time together as a family when you can enjoy each other company. Think about your daily routine and whether there's a way to make them more fun or special. Consider making a ritual for a special occasion and do something as a family. Each month, a different family member can choose something they like to do. So for example, because yes, same way, it really sounds great. How can we do it? So I will give you some example. I found a document, I think there's over 60 example of ritual that you can use <laughs> so of course we will not cover the 60 this morning but i will drop that document on the group Liliana de Diamant inspirational group so you can read it and choose from it some ritual that you want to do with your family so there's um many sections so the first section is family ritual that teach responsibility for example assign task For example, uh, you can assign each family member a specific task when setting the table. One family member clears the table, another sets out the napkin, one distributes silverware, and a fourth lights some candles. You can do uh, the same when preparing breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and you can do it with a, uh, the sound of a song that you love. So it can be really something fun and in many cases kids don't mind helping out it makes them feel special and capable and family chores can teach your chil uh, your children that your family is a team that operates best when they contribute so that's one example in the other section ritual that promote kindness and compassion for example family volunteering so find a place that you would like to volunteer as a family. It can be an animal shelter or soup kitchen. So just find a way to uh, do some family volunteering to demonstrate compassion and kindness with your children. In another section, it's ritual that boosts positivity. For example, I really love, I don't know where it comes from. It, they call it high, low and buffalo. <laughs> it's each family member shares the high point of their day the low point of their day and a buffalo it's anything else they would like to share so open communication laughter and understanding will promote positivity that brings your family closer the other section it's ritual that build strong family connection for example the love list 
that was the one I really love. It's when you tell your child good night, you can say, mommy loves you, daddy loves you, grandma loves you, and going through a list of that many people who love and accept your child. I really love that one. Or in that same section, the team dinners. So have a weekly team dinners like a Taco Tuesday, Pizza Friday, Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sundays. <laughs> I know, Maria, it's a Sunday brunch. They have uh, already Sunday brunch. So these are even more fun if you incorporate a topping bar and each, each family member personalize their taco, pizza or Sunday. So something really fun. And the last section is rituals that develop a sense of belonging. So, for example, a special greeting and farewell. And Maria, I want you to share what is the phrase that you say to your children every day when they were leaving to school? <laughs> I, I, I would always repeat, and it, it's, it's in their minds till today, and I, I, would, I would lower my window as they walked to high school now they're in ninth grade 10th grade 11th grade you know and i would say and remember kids give them a good show god is watching <laughs> okay maybe it's not for you you can say example see you later alligator it's okay too <laughs> but having something that your children will remember and you can say every day so the daily uh, example you can have it's really something fun and another example that i really love and i remember when i was a child i really love that it's living room living room camp out so camp out in the living room monthly or every so often you can build a tent make microwave s'mores tell story use a flashlight to create shadow puppets and so on so remember that creating a real family ritual means sticking with it so think of something that every family member will would enjoy and that won't be much of a hassle to carry out consistently so that's some examples you can use to create that intergenerational living so remember you can find uh, find this uh, document on the group les millionaires des diamants oh anybody else like me right now going oh raise your hands those that I can see on zoom oh uh, thank you marie i hope you printed it for me because again, I, I'm going to share with you, since COVID-19, we, we, I've, not we, there, there always needs to be a gatherer of people. In my home, it's me, Marie. I'm the gatherer of people. You choose to be the gatherer of people. So I needed to bring something new. I tried the family suppers. They worked as long as there was the confinement that, you know, I call them the borders were closed at 8, 8 p.m. But then, you know, my kids are not married. They're still going out. That didn't work. But the Sunday morning really works for us. Okay, example, Sunday morning. What also works for me is that I cook, Marie-Pierre, right, Melanie? I cook. So just the fact that in, in the refrigerator, it's like a restaurant. You can choose your meals. It Believe it or not, it gathers them. They come in. They choose their food. It gives them a reason to gather around the table because they're at a different age. So for different ages is different things. In closing, I couldn't do better than what was written in the book. The highest and most powerful motivation in doing that is not for ourselves only, 
you know, integrating gener intergenerational living, but for our families and all the generations to come. And then I went on with this sentence I have used the most in all my life, even in my training. As someone said once, there are only two lasting gifts we can give our children. One is roots. Every year, my children went back to Algeria. They spent three weeks in Algeria. They would spend two weeks in Italy. Give them roots. So for us, it's very expensive because it's on the other side of the world. Melanie Miller, I so love what you're doing for the month of December. By the way, I might hop on your tail and be, come and see you for two weeks. Anyways, all that being said, it is so important they understand where they come from, where their grandparents come from, where their great-great-grandparents come from. So give them roots and wings to fly. You see, what happens with me, Melanie and Marie-Pierre, a lot of times we are shaken in our business with change in uh, compensation plan, with change in procedures. But what happens is we are able to stay within our circle of influence because we have roots. Because we have roots, we know where we come from. We come from Maria, whose mother was in Tupperware, who was recruited in 1970. And my mother was trained by Brownie Wise, the found, like these roots keeps our wings solid. No matter what happens, we keep soaring higher and higher. This is what it does. So I said, oh, my God, what an amazing chapter. And thank you, Melanie, for bringing reality check and how we can do it. And Marie-Pierre giving us the tools. Tomorrow is the close. Oh, the close of this book. But Melanie, I swear to God, we're going to redo it eventually in the podcast because I think it's a book we can redo 10 times and only take from it like less than 10%. Tomorrow we close off with becoming a transition person, like we need to have leaders that choose to be that person who's going to make change happen. So I'm very excited. Thank you once again, Melanie, Marie-Pierre, off to the French. Thank you guys. And remember, if you enjoyed, invite your friends, families, neighbors, and colleagues to join the broadcast, share it everywhere, and join the group Inspirational, the Millionaire of the Diamonds. Love you guys. Merci. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.